All right, Jeff, so did you have a good dinner at Chewy's with the family? Yeah, we like Chewy's. Well, the family in this case was Teresa and me. But oh, okay. I thought yeah. me. I we, have a, we have a favorite server there, so we asked for her, and she knows oh, us. Really? So, yep. Yep. That, Chewy's is one of my probably top two or three favorite restaurants, yep. too, so I'm with you there. We enjoy okay. it. So. so, all right. Well, glad you had a good meal. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, I'm Roger Fields, and I'm here with my brother Jeff, who just ran in here from Chewy's Restaurant after having dinner with his wife. And we're the Fields Brothers, and we are in central Kentucky. We're at uh, Moonlight Fields Wedding Venue, and we're talking about just the grace of God and whatever stuff's happened in our lives, and we never know what's going to come out, actually. So, Jeff, what's going on on your side of town? Well, a couple things just before we get into any uh, substantial stuff. We're excited about our son Troy and his fiance coming in, flying in tonight, going to be here for oh, a few that's days. Right, tonight. And they just got engaged a month or so ago, so we're going to be talking over potential wedding details for next year. Right. So, you know how moms love to talk about wedding details and planning weddings and all that yep, so, yep. so uh and i'll enjoy it as well so we're looking forward to seeing them um also want to go ahead and mention that this is um at the risk of promoting this is going to sound like i'm promoting myself so at the risk of sounding like i'm promoting myself i'd like to promote myself um a week from or on sunday august 20th so i think this pod this podcast will come out on the 13th uh, Sunday, August 20th, I'm going to be speaking at a little congregation that we attend. And they have, I don't know if you knew or not, they have a YouTube channel that they, the, no, the services are broadcast live on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know that. And I've, uh, the total views, I, I checked the past view, past few that they've had the past several, the total views range anywhere from like 20 to 30. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, yeah, no. So uh, anyway, so if anyone wants to, on August 20th, wants to chime in and see it live, and it'll be there after the fact as well. It's one of the beauties of YouTube. Um, it's, um, what is it, Oasis Community Church Livestream. So if you look up Oasis Community Church Livestream on Sunday, August 20th, the uh, meeting starts around 10.30 Eastern time, Eastern here in the U.S., and then uh, I think I'll get up to speak about 11 o'clock, roughly, give or take a little bit. But I'm looking forward to that. Appreciate them letting me. I'll come over and hear you, but so, with traffic and everything, I just don't know that I can make it. You know, I mean, just the hustle bustle of, uh, you know, rural. What's the distance between you, where you live, and oh, where we meet? Oh, it's got to be at least a hundred yards. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's across the road. Let's I, go and tell I, everybody. I could, it's basically I, across the I road. I could drive so. the golf cart over there, which I actually might do if I come over. So, so that'll uh, be August 20th though. And if you don't catch it live, it'll be there. So again, look at Oasis community church, uh, live stream. I'm going to be right. talking a lot from the book of John that day and just what it is to be. I think that the title is going to be life in his name that at the end of John 20, John kind of tells us, you know, this is why I wrote it so mm-hmm. that, you might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, something like that, and by believing, you'd have life in his name. Yeah. All right, and that'd so, be good. good and so, I mean, okay, let me go ahead and ask you that. So he says that you might have life in his name. So he's just talking about getting out of hell and getting to heaven. Is that what he's talking about there? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, life in heaven for eternal life in as heaven. As opposed to? As opposed to eternal hell, death yeah. in hell, yeah. That's the way we read it, though. Yeah, it, it is. Well, it is and then earlier in John, I mean, it's interesting how many. We filter everything through just our own yes. tradition of what we've yeah. been taught. Yeah. There's no we question. really do. And I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, just in general, it's really a good thing. I think for each of us to ask, you know, in prayer times is Holy spirit, would you 
Open my eyes to areas that I haven't seen of your truth, of who I am in Christ. Show me the areas of my thinking that are not in line with the gospel, not in line with the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. And boy, I tell you, I mean, you may, I mean, you may be surprised um, some of the things that, that the uh, the Lord will teach us in that. But we're going to be talking about that. The word life, though, is all through the book of John. Yeah. You know, it starts out in chapter oh, 1, yeah, and him was life. Oh, life yeah. Life was the light of men. I came, Probably John. The then thing. John, yeah. I came that you might have life and right. have it abundantly, and and so anyway, um, you know, it's interesting too. This one thing I'm going to bring up there that so so we know that John wrote it so that people would believe in Jesus and so that they would have life in His name. Right. So it's it's kind of an evangelistic. Well, you know, in one way we look at an evangelistic yeah. appeal. Well, yeah. Yeah. So if he would if he were to start out his book the way we were all taught, so if you want to evangelize somebody. We start with God is just. And verse two would be you are a sinner. Yeah. That's not how he starts the Gospel of John right, right. at all. You know, he starts out. So we with, would, we would do we would include a diagram. We would include that diagram <laughs> of all the people on one cliff yeah, and God's okay. on the other cliff all right, and hell's down below yeah. and, and the cross is what spans yeah. the chasm. Yeah. That's how we'd um, illustrate. Yeah, that's how And yeah. that things I've been reading and listening to lately that the, that model that you just described, which is so common in Western evangelical world, yeah. really comes yeah. from Greek mythology. Uh, the the separation there yeah. and that the more uh, the Jewish history was more saw creation inside of God. And, you know, in Him we live and move and have our beings, mm-hmm. as opposed to separation. So there's a big deal between that. But anyway, so he starts at John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So oh, he starts out well, the see union. there again. That should be that really should have been. And the Word was the Bible. <laughs> I mean, how did that get all messed up? I mean, so. Um, I'm being it, sarcastic. Yeah, if you're listening for the first time, the, 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 Jesus is the word. And right. So that's a whole yeah, other I mean, topic. It's there. later on in John when he says, you search the scriptures because you think you have life. There's the word life yeah, again. Because yeah. in them, you think you have life right. and you refuse to come to me. Right. And so I'm seeing more and more life is just the flow of God's love through our life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat that. I think I think life in that context, you know, he says in John 17, this is eternal life, that, that we would know him and yeah. know God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Yeah. Um, that life, from that standpoint, is the flow of God's love through our lives. Yeah. And we were to be like a river. The river is also fascinating. The rivers, the study of rivers in the, in the Bible is interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's well, rivers all through there that yeah. it's a flowing type of thing. Yeah. It's, it's both yeah. in, in Genesis, the creation story, and then at the end of Genesis. In Psalm 1, he that be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And then that, John 7, you know, out of his heart will flow, or yeah. he who believes in me yeah. after the Holy Spirit comes, out of his innermost being, her heart will flow rivers. Yeah. So I had a friend of pastor at a church called the river. And yeah, it, I like that. You know, and, and, and the idea of it's a flow. You know, that's the, when you think of what's the difference between a river and a lake. Well, the river's flowing with that. And so it's the, we were designed for a relationship to be in the flow. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about that on August 20th. So if you want to catch that online, either on that day or sometime afterwards, uh, Oasis Community Church live stream. Don't expect a high, um, <laughs> you know, a real high-tech um, videography in there. There's kind of like one camera, and it's there, and a little bit of a distance, but I think the sound comes through good enough. But anyway, right. I, I'm looking forward to All that. Right. So it took a little longer than I thought, too, on, on that. But anyway. All right, I got a thought for you. And okay. I, you kind of made me think of this, even though it's not, you know, super... Closely tied to what you just said, but you know one of the things that we've we've said is that 
um, that you know, there's no mention. Paul never mentions um, anywhere, you know, after the crucifixion that we need to take up our cross, carry our cross. Mm-hmm. We've said that that's you know that's really what they did. Jesus talked about that beforehand. For instance, in Mark eight thirty four, he says, "If any man would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me." And we've talked about the fact that. Under the new covenant, you don't really deny yourself because you've been given a new self. Right. At that point, you know nobody ever said deny yourself once you've been given a new self. And then follow me. Well, you're in Christ. You don't really follow. But I have another little thought on this whole thing. Okay. okay? Um, also, first of all, let me say this. You know, crucifixion was a Roman invention. Yeah. They're the ones that thought of this. I mean, they're they're pretty brutal about this. You know, if they wanted, if they didn't like you much. And they wanted to get rid of you. They would crucify you, and it was a tough way to go. Mm-hmm. And you had to carry your cross to the crucifixion. I mean, that's they didn't. They weren't going to carry it. You had to carry your own cross, which is also kind of brutal. You had to carry your own instrument it of was, execution. You know, it was a type of plastic, wasn't it? So it didn't no, it was very a much. heavy wooden cross, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> All right. And so, um, you know, and you had to carry it to the place. You had to go to the place where you're going to be executed. Uh, we've rightly pointed out that in Galatians 2.20, says we have been crucified with Christ. Okay, We've used the scripture out of Colossians 2, where it says that we were dead in our trespasses. God made us alive together with him. I that, having forgiveness. I got that right here. Got my Bible open right. up to Colossians 2 right here. He canceled the record of death that stood against us with his legal demands. He mm-hmm. set that aside, nailing it, fast ends to the cross. So we have a, I have a question for anybody that still believes that they need to carry the cross today. And here's the question. Where are you going with that cross? <laughs> okay, yeah. you're not going to a crucifixion. That's already happened. Where are you taking that's that a, cross? That's a, that's a good point. So you going to church with it? You taking it to Walmart? Steak and Shake? Where are you going with that cross? Because the crucifixion's happened. You yeah. don't take. You don't carry your cross around after the crucifixion. So I guess you're just carrying it around just to be carrying it around. Uh, well, that's, so, my, that's my question. Yeah. Where are you going with that cross? <laughs> I mean, I confess I had never thought of that. So yeah, I mean, you carried it to. The, it's not like you. It's not like part of the punishment was just tote your cross around. Right. Town. Okay. Yeah. You, you gotta, took your cross to the crucifixion. Not, you got to carry this around for a few hours, and then we're yeah. going to bring you over here and kill you some other well, way. No, once it's, it's, the crucifixion was, happened, there was no more toting the cross around. That you had accomplished the purpose. Yeah. And so, if you're going to believe that you still got to take up your cross, the apology is the question becomes: Where are you going with it? <laughs> Because, I mean, the crucifixion's happened. So, anyway, there's my thought. I like that. Uh, I'm writing that down so we can remember later on. Where are you going with that cross? So, yeah, we might make that the title. Hey, I've got got an analogy I want to bounce off of you, okay? Okay, all right. I think it's pretty good. You tell me it may be flawed, but you tell me, okay? So, and I read this in a book. Actually, it's a book by, I forget the name of it, Chad Bird was the pastor, or he was a pastor and the writer of this book. And he used this analogy. I'm taking a little bit farther than he did, but this is pretty much what he said. A lot of times people you know, come to Jesus because they want him to fix something in their life. You know, mm-hmm. they got a problem. A lot of people come to Jesus when they, you know, they, something's not going right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like hiring a handyman, okay? You got something wrong with your house. You got you, your gutters leaking. You need uh, your toilet handle sticks. And let's say you need. I hate plumbing problems. Yeah, let's say <laughs> let's not get let's not get distracted. Here. And so, and you got you need your laundry room painted. So you hire a handyman to take care yeah, of this stuff. Yeah. Okay, he gets in, and all of a sudden, he starts pulling back the carpet, and he reveals there's a crack in the foundation. He says he's going to fix it. He's going to take care of that. Well, okay, and then he starts doing some other. And all of a sudden, he takes out a wall, adds on to your house. And you're like, what is? And then all of a sudden, he backs up at a U-Haul and starts unloading. And you think you get, you begin to realize he's really improving your house, but he's moving in. <laughs> it's not like he didn't come just to tweak your house. 
He came to take up residence in your house. He's going to make it better, but he's going to live there. But and, and this may not be the best phrase, but it's kind of like you get you got more than you bargained for. I yeah. mean, you know, you thought you were just getting a little fix it up job, and he's doing a complete renovation. I think that's kind of what happens when you receive Christ. He moves in. And he begins to do many times more than what you thought he was going to do. Right, go ahead, tell me if I'm right. Oh, I mean, I, that's. I mean, I'm sure we care. Like any analogy, you go too far, it starts breaking down a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, God is. You know, Christ is in us to totally redeem us, totally transform us, and that comes from within. You know, that uh, the Romans 12, transformed by the renewing of your mind, and not not because he's picky. Yeah, because he knows that there's parts of our lives yeah. that are hindering us experiencing his love, yeah. and and he wants to he wants us to know the fullness of his love flowing and, through our lives. And he moves in to improve things. I mean, not to give us a hard time, not to you know be yeah. picky. And, and, and the analogy breaks down in the in this sense that he doesn't just renovate our life; he gives us a new life. He replaces right. our yeah. life. So in that yeah. sense, the analogy does break down. Yeah. But the idea that he moves into our life and really ends up doing a lot more than we thought mm-hmm. was going to happen. I, I think that part of the analogy works. And we're and this is somewhere where one of these areas that that you might you and I may see things differently, which is okay. That's one thing we need to remind people of from time to time that you and I don't necessarily see everything exactly like on these things. You know, I would say he moved in um, in Bethlehem, or well, even nine months before that, I guess that he in the incarnation he moved into humanity, and that's you know against not universalism. Not, I'm not there, but. But that in some sense he moved into humanity, and so that. But yes, so whether it's then or whether it's later on, yes, he comes into, to, to from the end. I've heard someone I've been listening to lately talks about, you know, God works from the inside out. Right. That's a simple concept. Right. And right. I think that is really. Oh yeah. Head on. He works yeah. from the inside. It's inner out. transformation, not outward compliance. I even think that that thing about you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone you know, open, you know, I can see that being the door on the inside. You know, he's inside of us trying to get out. Well, with yeah. That. So, again, there's different ways to look well, at it. Well, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I can go down. I think the issue with that one is they just, it was a church that didn't need Jesus. They believed yeah. that they had everything they needed. They did not need Jesus. It wasn't just that they weren't on fire for God, they weren't dedicated enough or whatever. They did not need Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very clear in, in the Revelation 3 scripture about Laodicea. But anyway. Right. So, I, I like the idea from inside out, which would fit with what, what you're saying there. Um, it goes again with John 7 from the rivers of living water from the inside. Um, but, that, I mean, that goes against so much of what we hear many times in religion is more from a top down or an outside in. We need to get something new. We need to, God to, to come down. We need the Holy Spirit to come down. We need to, rather than, no, it's, it's who you already are. And it comes from the inside out. A little bit of a, I had another analogy of my own that fits with this a little bit. Can I go ahead with that? Yeah, go ahead. You know, so we're, we're on the topic that, you know, God God came to give us life, to, to the flow of his love through every part of our lives, like in the handyman illustration. So with that in mind, suppose that I, and because he knows that sin destroys us, he knows that sin keeps us from experiencing his love as he designed and the glory that he designed us for. So anyway, with that in mind, suppose I I learned that uh, Jif peanut butter had a contamination in it. It had a deadly bacteria 
that will okay. kill people. For the record, you know that I personally know that man. He's retired now. Who was the quality control for Jeff? I remember you butter. saying something about yeah, that. I was a yeah, smuggler with him. But anyway, but anyway, so, anyway so, so I don't think that's even going to happen. Because so I, anyway, I, but well, you said he used to be. But anyway, to, yeah, this just a just a hypothetical here. It's a hypothetical. Gotcha. Do we need to throw in a legal disclaimer? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So suppose I discover that there is something. There's a bacteria in in every jar of Jif peanut butter that is deadly. And so, but I care about people and I don't want them to die. So I go around to every house in Lexington warning people, throw away your Jif peanut butter, throw away your Jif peanut butter. It will kill you. Now, if I go around to every house and have everyone get rid of their Jif peanut butter, but then I think, wait a minute, they're still selling at the store. Okay. Now I've got to go to the grocery stores. I've got to go to every grocery store, every convenience store, any place that would sell the dollar stores, I've got to get, get you know I've got to get rid of the Jif peanut butter because there's a deadly bacteria in it. And so I go to all the stores and I get rid of it out of all the stores. So it was no no longer in the houses. It's no longer in the stores. Would that take care of it? Well, if they're still making it, I don't know. Oh, hmm. So I guess if I really want to solve the problem, I need to go where. The factory to the factory right. where they're producing this stuff, okay. and so a lot of religion deals with the the jars of peanut butter to use this analogy, and ignores the factory that's producing these, and it's the flesh that produces the sins. You know the, what we consider sins, uh, listing Galatians, is works of the flesh. You know all these specific things and works of the flesh, and so Jesus came to give us a new heart, to open our eyes, to enlighten us to know his love, and and that takes care of the factory. Okay. Is that tracking with that? So, yeah. So, you know, it's the idea that he came not just to, or you can compare the... Yeah, I thought you were going a whole different analogy with this. Okay. So, kind of, okay. so, I mean, this is nothing real. I don't think it's controversial at all, but, you know, that... Or you can say weed eating versus pulling up the weeds, mm-hmm. roots and all. You yeah. know, is that, that, that when he came and he's risen in us, you know, we have a whole new life and the old self died. You no need to carry across anywhere. You kind of made me think of this too. It's somewhat related. Have you ever thought about this? And this this hit me this week. You know, when Paul says if, he, if it wasn't for the law, he wouldn't know what sin was. Remember that? Yeah. Was that Romans? In that Romans? Yeah. The other fascinating. Well, go ahead. But, uh, something else. In that so chapter. anyway, so he wouldn't know sin because it said don't covet. And I'm thinking, you know, it got me to realize that you know sin wasn't defined until the law of Moses. And that was. What thousand years yeah, or so like after 50, creation? Years. So, in other words, see, I used to kind of be down on Abraham, friends, to give an analogy. Well, Abraham, you know, first of all, you know, God had promised him to be the father of many nations. He kind of came to the conclusion that Sarah was not going to be able to pull this off, mm-hmm. and so he decided he was going to have sex with his maid. Right. Well, you know, I think Abraham. What? But you know, did God ever tell him that that was something <laughs> he shouldn't do? Yeah. Or later on, when Abraham was going through the, the country and the king saw his wife, and, the, she, and he was afraid the king would kill him to get his wife, so he just lied and said, well, she's my sister, mm-hmm. and he was willing to let the king sleep with his wife. I mean, to me, that doesn't sound like a, a very spiritual thing. To, but you know what? There was no place where anybody ever told Abraham yeah. that you can't do that. And when you realize that God took a long time to even define the rules. Yeah. Now, apparently... The one exception may be the parent they were supposed to have known better than to kill people. I mean, Cain got in trouble for that, even though God, I don't know that God ever said to Cain, don't kill him, don't kill your brother. <laughs> yeah. So and Cain got in trouble for that. So I guess there was kind of a an internal 
you know, whatever, a conscience that you're not supposed to kill people. And But, you know, God did not, you would think, wouldn't you think that if, if God would, were to create Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, instead of just giving the rule, don't eat out of the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil, he would have said, okay, look, we got a list here. I got, I got you look, look so, you know, first of all, don't be stealing stuff. Yeah. Don't be lying to people. Don't I'm, be, I, don't I'm be sleeping with other people. You know, there's eventually, I know there's only one woman now, but there's eventually yeah, going to be more. This will be a problem. So you got to right. stick with just I the know, one. Yeah, I know you don't think it's a big deal now, but all right. And so to go over, you would think, but he doesn't do that. I know. Isn't yeah. that interesting? It is. It is. It he is. just lets think. I mean, yeah. So then finally, finally, after the children of Israel have gone through, you know, we've gone through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we're finally in the promised land. We've been there 400 years. We get out of Egypt, go to the promised land, and then through Moses on Mount Sinai, we find out what the rules are. That uh, blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of Romans 5, where it says, you know, therefore, just as one man sin entered the world, through one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin, for until the law was in the world, wait a minute, so for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. That's yeah. fascinating. They sin was not imputed, but yeah. yet it's still, sin still brought about death. Yeah. Even though there was no law. Yeah, yeah and it could have been that Adam and, and so, Eve's sin kind of ushered, brought in death into the world. Which well, I yeah, it did. Yeah, but, 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 yeah, that's true, though. It's like there was still sin. It wasn't like there wasn't, people weren't doing stupid, ungodly stuff. But God didn't bother to define it mm-hmm. until the law. And then now we find out under the new covenant that we are free from the law, that um, the he writes now, he writes the laws in our hearts. He writes our, the values of things we should live by in, in, inside of us. There's no external law. There wasn't an external law until we got to Moses. Yeah. And now that Jesus came, now we don't have an external law Yeah, again. it was a temporary system to yeah. kind of, that God gave yeah. to man to, to help out temporarily I and, mean, and to kind that, of prepare us for, for Christ. That blows my mind. You know, related to this is, and I, I hadn't really noticed this. I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, this verse in Romans 7 so this part where where Paul's talking about the effect of, of the law on him, um, where what you mentioned that, you know, I would not have known what covetousness was unless the law. Then he says this in verse 8, but sin taking the opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law sin was dead. Then he says this, verse 9, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So how was Paul alive previously I don't well, think he was. Well, you know what one theory uh, is, which I don't believe. What's that? Okay, the one theory is. Well, see, this is the this this is the ver- the scripture that relates to the age of accountability. See, before you yeah, get to the yeah, age I wouldn't go, look, you're okay, and then you hit that one magical date when you're 12 years old <laughs> on June the third. You get the age of accountability, and now you're in trouble unless <laughs> it's all you all downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. downhill from there. <laughs> but he says, "I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died." And then the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Yeah. And I, you know, I see that very parallel to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a picture of law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of just the knowledge. I got to know what's right and wrong. Right. That's law. I got to always make right the right choice. Yeah, yeah and okay. first got to know what's right and wrong. And when we just whenever we go down that road, it is death to it. The yeah. letter kills, but the spirit yeah. gives yeah. life. It's just a whole different. Yeah system in that and that's because that's also you you mentioned the verse in colossians 2 earlier you know that let me get to that real quick here you know that it was nailed that that debt of obligation you know the wage of sin is sin is death and that whole section there 
Uh, that's Galatians. Where are we good for Colossians? So here we go. Colossians. Um, and you being dead in your trespasses, trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven you of all the trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he had taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And so it mentions that at the same time that he raised us with him. So those two go together. The law yeah. kills. And when he killed the law, in essence, yeah. he raised us up Yep, because the law was no longer. Yep. And law is really either. religion. I mean, that's why we say the cross killed religion. Yeah. Or, or any attempt of the, you know, so the type of the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil with that. So, I mean. That's, I mean, you know, that's one of those areas where we ask the Holy Spirit to shine the light in my mind to to where am I still trying to eat of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You know, it, it is a, I mean, it's a it's a lifelong process, a transformation yeah. from the inside with that. Let me so. let me give you one little last thought here, at least the last okay. that I've got is that you know, you, I I believe that you know salvation is wrapped up in what Jesus did for us, and really have a connection with that. I think a lot of what makes messes people up is we just have an, the idea of salvation by association where we believe that this certain group is right mm-hmm. or wrong and because we're in that group we feel like we're okay and here's my analogy of that back a long time ago when i was you know pastoring a church in moorhead kentucky um i had uh, one of the ladies owned a, a big marina on the lake and cave run lake's a big deal there and so i got invited to be the chaplain of the moorhead yacht club Ooh-hoo. okay or no cave run i think it's Cave Run Yacht Club. That was the lake, Cave Run Lake. They have yachts in Cave yeah. Run Lake? Well, yeah. Well, they kind of, they're not like it's you relative, said. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's they're a... relative. Yeah, there were some pretty nice boats. I don't know whether yachts. But that's what they called it. Oh, yeah, you know, the cave the, run, that's the formal the definition run, of a yacht. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this, you know. The Cave Run, that's what they called it, Cave Run Yacht Club. So I was a member of the Cave Run Yacht Club. Now, I didn't know anything about sailing. I can ride on a boat. I don't know how to yeah. do anything today, this day, really. I mean, I can take a rope and wrap it around the pylon or whatever that is you know on the dock but i don't know anything but it's but i feel like i'm a part of the yacht club association because i was in this group so i feel like i was somehow knowledgeable or i don't know i was just connected with this group and i think that's the way people see things with their church they think this church has got it together i like this pastor he knows what and i'm a part of that this group is good i'm a part of this group and so their faith really is in their group or their facebook group or whatever it can it can be use their types church of denomination or, or their particular church yeah. fellowship i believe but i just think that's kind of messed a lot of people up you know well i'm 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 good because i'm a baptist you know they're baptists yeah. we know we're good and so I'm, I'm, I'm a catholic or I'm that's a, when whatever we, it is that's when we supplant the role of christ with something else like that with, with some other mediator yeah with them and, and we and it becomes a mediator yeah yeah the institution becomes a mediator a link between god and me yeah that I rather than there's one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, and um, I mean that is you know He is the mercy seat. I was listening out actually on the way out here, and you know, the mercy seat was the place of meeting where God meets man, the uncreated meets the Creator, and the mercy seat is a person now, it's Jesus Christ, and then fully God, fully man, to bring that relationship that that God wanted us to have from the very beginning, that life, his love flowing through us. So, And I ask you again, Jeff, where are you going with that cross? <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Yeah. <laughs>